This is the Mutual Audio Network. Shut up and listen. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Now Madison was working super hard on a makeup tutorial show. She was teaching smoky eyes to folks out there who really wanted to know when some freaky deaky science stuff only understood by nerds. Zapter the kind you might never have heard Now she should probably be trying to get out But Madison, she's having fun Living an old-time radio life Our explanation is done Madison is on the air The New Adventures of Sherlock Holmes Thank you for being with us, ladies and gentlemen. I know Dr. Watson's waiting for us, so let's go in and join him. Yeah? Uh, Dr. Watson? <laughs> Your audience is here. May we please come in? Dr. Watson isn't here. You want to leave a message? Um, usually this time every week, Dr. Watson tells us a tale of his adventures with Sherlock Holmes. Uh-huh. So who should I say stop by? He's really not here? Nope. He, um told us last week that tonight's story centered around the activities of a brilliant and beautiful woman. If that's your way of asking me to tell you a story, oh, all right, you talked me into it. Come on in. And you are... Madison Standish. I've been watching the Watsons' place while they're out of town. Here, let me move some of this stuff so you can sit down. Do you know somebody leaves a newspaper every single day on the front step? Um, yes. Between that and the air quality from those smokestacks, I'm guessing London doesn't believe in going green. Are you all right? I'm talking fast, aren't I? I realize that. I might have had a few espressos. Maybe you should sit down. Nah, I'm good. Feels good to pace. Pacing helps me think. So, the story you were going to share with us. Yeah, right, okay. So there's this woman named Irene Adler, but Sherlock always called her the woman. She sounds intriguing. It's intriguing that Sherlock Holmes reduced a woman's identity to just the woman? Did I say intriguing? I meant, um... How did you happen to meet up with her? Okay, funny story. It was just starting to get dark, and I was heading back here after having been in this little cafe all day. They had this super retro espresso machine. It was, like, steam-powered and from, I don't know, Italy. I tried to order a mocha latte, but I guess 1888, it's still too early for that. So I just had, like, ten double espressos. And FYI, espresso in the 1880s is mega strong. You sure you're all right? No, it's cool. I'm good. Hey, do you want some espresso? I could totally go for some espresso. Um, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm fine. Okay, so I'm walking home, totally wired, and I end up going past Sherlock Holmes's place. You couldn't resist stopping by 221B, I'm sure. No, I was lost. I tried to get one of those little British cabs. They're all horse-drawn here. Isn't that adorbs? But they don't accept Venmo. So you were passing Holmes's place. Right. I looked up in the window and saw him silhouetted against the blinds. We're talking pipe, funny hat, the whole cliché. So you were curious what he was up to, so you knocked upon his door. No, I figured if anyone could give me cab fare, it was him. Oh. So next thing I know, I'm in his living room. No, I don't have a Venmo. 
Just pay me when you can. Thanks, Sherlock. You are doing me a solid. At any rate, I don't believe you intend to repay your debt to me. What? No. I'd totally pay you back. Why would you even say that? Elementary, my dear Madison. A woman who announces she's staying in Dr. Watson's flat while he's away, firstly, needs the income from the caretaker position, and secondly, has no permanent residence of her own so that she is unencumbered when requested to perform that service. Well... Thirdly, she finds her purse so light of coin that she must beg for money from someone she just met. Yeah, but... Fourthly... Add her cheaply constructed wardrobe, obvious costume jewelry, and hollowed painted face. Hey! I should be dull indeed if I didn't pronounce her in dire need of funds. I guess I'll leave you then. I didn't mean to bother you. Yes, by all accounts, you did intend to bother me, but it's a most welcome interruption. It is? I have just begun working on a new case. This letter arrived by the last post today. It's undated and has neither signature nor address. What, you think it's spam or something? On such occasions as these, Dr. Watson would aid my investigation. Hmm, why don't you have a look? Um, okay. There will call upon you tonight at a quarter to eight o'clock a gentleman who desires to consult you upon a matter of the very deepest moment. Ugh, this reads like Dickens. Did this guy get paid by the word? Continue. Your recent services to one of the royal houses of Europe have shown that you are one who may safely be trusted. Ooh, royalty? Tell me it's Prince Harry and Meghan. Be it at all possible for you to read something without taking pause for your own annotation? I can't understand you. British English and American English must be way different. Finish the letter. Be in your chamber, then, at that hour, and do not take it amiss if your visitor wears a mask. <gasps> mask? OMG, do you guys have COVID here, too? Should we be six-foot distancing? By your reaction to the word mask, I can only deduce that you have no idea the definition of the word mask. Is there a deadly virus or not? There are always viruses, and some will most certainly result in death. Is there a plague? I'm asking if, right here, right now, there is a plague. Not in London, since cholera invaded the East End. Is that a yes or a no? At the current moment in time, it is a no. The convoluted way you talk makes me want to punch Sir Arthur Conan Doyle right in the neck. If we may turn our attention back to the note in question, the paper used for this letter is strong and stiff. What does that tell you? Uh, the guy who wrote it ripped off the good stuff from the copy room at work? You are certainly on to something. Seriously? Hold it up to the light. Do you see the lettering? Oh, yeah! There's a large E with a small G. Ooh, and a large G with a small T. How'd they do that? Is that a watermark? That is so cool. What does that suggest to you? The guy used some sort of laser printer? The G with the small T stands for Gesellschaft, which is the German word for company. Say, you were correct when you said this paper came from a place of business. Okay. And the E and the G stands for Igria, a German-speaking country in Bohemia, not far from Carlsbad. Thereby deducing... Deducing... That the paper was made in Bohemia, and the man who wrote the note is a German. Let's admit it right now. I'm going to be dead weight on this case. 
That must be my mystery client. I should go. My dear lady, by all means, stay. This promises to be interesting. Come in. Good evening, sir. Oh, a masquerade party mask. This British English really creates a language barrier. You, uh, you received my note? Yes, indeed. Come in, won't you, and sit down. This is my friend and colleague, Madison Standish. Sup? You may say anything before her that you can say to me. Whom have I the honor to address? You may address me as uh, Count von Kram. <laughs> oh no, the door von crammed, and now we're von trapped. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry, the sound of music hasn't come out yet. Trust me, when it does, that joke will kill. You must excuse this mask that I wear. The person who employs me wishes his agent to be unknown to you. The matter I am about to discuss implicates the great house of Ormstein, hereditary kings of Bohemia. I was well aware of that, sir. In fact, if you will state your case, I shall be better able to advise you. Your Majesty. How... how did you... Wait, this dude's royalty? Yes, I am the king. I shall remove the mask. There. Nice job, Sherlock. You'd be a kick-ass judge on The Masked Singer. Mr. Holmes, I have traveled incognito from Prague for the express purpose of consulting you. Briefly, the facts are these. Some five years ago, during a visit to Warsaw, I made the acquaintance of the well-known adventuress Irene Adler. Irene Adler? Look her up for me, will you, Madison? Sure, I can look her up on Wiki. What's your Wi-Fi password? Perhaps try the index. It's uh, right beside my desk. Where? I don't see anything. It's the large book that says index on it. You didn't tell me I was looking for a book. Jeez. Just hand it to me, will you? Thank you. Ah, here we are. Irene Adler, born in New Jersey in the United States of America in 1858. Contralto, uh, prima donna. They actually call her a prima donna in there? Who put out that book? TMZ? She was the prima donna of the Imperial Opera of Warsaw. What's the tea? Did she pull a paltro? She was the leading female opera singer there. Now retired from operatic stage and living in London. Yes, that is the woman of which I refer. Your Majesty, as I understand, became entangled with this young person and wrote her some compromising letters. And is now desirous of getting those letters back? Precisely so. Ooh, sex scandal. Now we're talking. Was there a secret marriage? None. No legal papers or certificates? No. Then I fail to follow, Your Majesty. If this young lady should produce her letters for blackmailing purposes, how is she to prove their authenticity? There is a handwriting. Forgery? It was on my private notepaper. Stolen? There was a photograph. Photoshopped! What, am I not allowed to play too? We were both in the photograph. That is so easy to do. I have a collection of me on the red carpet with celebrities like Zac Efron and Chris Hemsworth. Of course, Chris is in his Thor costume because, <laughs> yum. Mr. Holmes, the photograph must be recovered. Maybe if you, oh, I don't know, hadn't cheated on your wife, you wouldn't have to try to cover it up. He's unmarried. Fiance? No. Yes. Yes? No. Yes, I am about to be married to the second daughter of the King of Scandinavia. Douche nozzle. I met Miss Adler before I was betrothed. But my fiancé, she is the very soul of delicacy. A shadow of a doubt as to my conduct would bring the matter to an end. 
Perhaps if you were to pay enough, the photo might be bought. She refuses to sell. What's the point of buying it? If she saved it to the cloud, it'll be there forever. And five unsuccessful attempts have been made to steal it. None of my men were even able to find it. Okay, the cloud isn't a place. Dude, you guys are old. And the woman threatens to send the photographs to your fiancé, I suppose. Yes, and she will do it. Rasa and let me marry another woman. There are no legs to which she will not go. None. The only reason fatal attraction ever happens is because you guys can't keep it in your pants. She said she would send it on the day my betrothal is publicly announced. That day will be next Monday. Splendid. Then we still have three days. Your Majesty will, of course, stay in London for the present. Yes, certainly. You will find me at the Langham Hotel, registered as Count von Kram. There are so many jokes there. It's just picking the right one. Thank you, Your Majesty. Good night, and I trust that we shall soon have some good news for you. I am placing all my hopes in you, Mr. Holmes. Good night. Well, have fun with that. Do you not care to assist me with this case, Madison? Yeah, let me help you cover up for a womanizing monarch so some poor princess can get suckered into marrying him. Thanks, no thanks. Perhaps you should look more closely at what you just said. I'm about to have a major caffeine crash. No puzzles, just tell me. Monarch, princess, you know it has been my experience that when we favorably serve royalty, we are handsomely rewarded. You think I'm going to put money above my morals? How much is Dr. Watson paying you to care for his flat? Two farthing. Are you familiar with British currency? Why, how much is that? I thought it was like 20 bucks. Try one half penny. He's paying me half a penny? Shall I see you here at eight o'clock tomorrow morning? Yes, but you're definitely not getting your cab fare back. Morning, Sherlock. Can I deduce you failed to wind your watch before retiring last evening? Wind? It's an Apple Watch. Perhaps you have yet to glance at the hour. It is far from morning. Sorry, but I think jumping between these old-timey radio shows has given me jet lag. At any rate, this morning I was able to examine Briny Lodge, where the woman resides, but unfortunately, my investigation did not prove illuminating. Okay, so what do we do now? I think a visit to the local public house might prove more instructive. Public house? A pub? And I thought you were going to be all stuffy and British. Let's hit it, Shirley! Firstly, we should don disguises so as not to cause any suspicion. Secondly, don't call me Shirley. Disguises? Ooh, this is really some old-school detective stuff. Okay, what are we going to disguise ourselves as? The pub I have in mind is located in a horsey neighborhood. Horsey? Did you just say horsey? Indeed, horsey. Not equestrian, but horsey. I fail to comprehend where your confusion lies. I'm confused why the world's most brilliant detective sounds like a five-year-old seeing his first merry-go-round. In answer to your original question, we will be disguising ourselves as a couple of stable hands. There's a wonderful sympathy and Freemasonry among their fraternity. Freemasons? Wait, time out. Weren't they the bad guys in the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes? They sacrifice virgins! I can't go in there! Well, for other reasons. I merely refer to these hard-working men as laborers of their craft. Yeah, witchcraft! Perhaps I shall do all the talking. Well, what'll it be, mateys? Half a bowl of malt, please. How about you, Charlie? I'll take a spot of that, governor. Pretty good, right? 
I was in the ensemble of my high school production of Oliver. There we are, mates. Grab me a tenner. Have a drink of us, governor? Don't mind if I do. I'll have a Guinness. Ooh, can I change my order? I'd rather have a Guinness. Uh, governor? You blokes new around here? Yeah, that's right. We was told that Miss Adler, across at Briony Lodge, needed a coachman and groom. We thought we'd find out something about the old girl first. She ain't no old girl, matey. She's the prettiest young thing you ever saw under a bonnet. That's a fact. Word is, she's a bit of a slut. You'd be spreading lies like that. I used to drive a carriage. I bet you did. She'd be as nice a little day as you'll ever find, chum. No disrespect, mighty. But it'd be true enough she ain't married then, eh? No, no. But she got a bloke that comes to see her all the time. He's a barrister. Nice gentleman. Mr. Geoffrey Norton is his name. Good-looking fellow. Wouldn't be surprised to see him get spliced. Come on, Charlie. Let's go over to the house and see what's what. But I'm not done with my Guinness. No time, mate. Unless you can down it, look at his split. Challenge accepted. He sure knows his way around a Guinness. College ain't only about book learning, am I right? Ooh. <laughs> Excuse me. Come on, then. Time's a-wasting. Much obliged to you, Cham. Good luck, mateys. And good luck to you, too, governor. <laughs> Dude, that bartender was super helpful, wasn't he? Like, lucky we ran into him, right? Indeed, Madison. Now, let's stroll back to Briny Lodge, shall we? I- I'm undecided whether to continue my investigations there or to try and find out something about Mr. Joffrey Norton, the barrister. You know, cobblestone streets are all super cute until you have to walk on them in heels. Why ever are you wearing high-heeled shoes? You're dressed as a stable boy. You told me Cockney, so I'm giving you Eddie Izzard realness. If Norton is just her lawyer and nothing else, it's more than likely that she's entrusted the photograph to his safekeeping. (laughs) Whoops! I almost fell down there. No worries. I've got years of training being drunk in high heels. Hello. There's a cab waiting outside Miss Adler's house. Oh, thank God. I really didn't want to have to walk much farther. Quickly, Madison. It may be Mr. Norton's. Slow down. These are Jimmy Choo's. Here comes a man hurrying down the pathway. Quick, behind this post. You don't need to push. Quiet. Where to now, Mr. Norton? Drive like the devil to the Church of St. Monica. Half a sovereign if you do it in 20 minutes. Is half a sovereign good? It's half a pound. Right you are, Mr. Norton. Up in. A pound is basically a dollar, right? Uh, more or less. So 50 cents is a good tip? Yes, Madison, it is. Consider the fact that it will take you a full week working for Dr. Watson to earn half a penny. He really is jipping me, isn't he? Quickly, Madison, try and signal a cab. We must follow Norton. Ooh, really? Follow that cab? Here comes one. No, wait. It, it's a private carriage. Miss Adler's, no doubt. Is that her coming out of the front door? Back again behind the post, Madison. Ow! Cut that out! Quiet! You be quiet! Where to, Miss Adler? The Church of St. Monica. And there's half a sovereign if he can reach it in 20 minutes. No wonder there's so much pollution. They're going to the same place. Haven't you people ever heard of rideshare? The game's afoot. Quick, we must get a cab and follow them. Here comes a handsome. Ooh, a handsome what? Dude, that's a horse. Oh, horsey. Hmm, Sherlock here's got himself a little fetish. Cabby! Hey, hey, Cabby! Have you blokes got enough money to take a cab? The Church of St. Monica. There's half a sovereign if you reach it in 20 minutes. Right you are. Are you presuming I have half a sovereign? Are you presuming it will be my problem if you don't? 
Well, Madison, this is an exciting story. I know, right? Do you want some espresso? I could get you some espresso. No, as I said before, I'm fine. This stuff is so addictive. In the 1880s, did you guys put cocaine in espresso like you did in Coca-Cola? Not to my knowledge. You know what? I don't even care. This stuff is bomb. Uh, you were telling us about following Miss Adler to the church. Did you and Sherlock Holmes reach that church inside the 20 minutes? Oh, yeah. Totes got there in like 15. But those other guys got in there before us. I mean, they left before us, so naturally they got there before us. Dude, is your heart beating super fast? Mine is beating super fast. Perhaps you need a break. Nah, nah. I'm good. So then Sherlock went into the church and told me to guard the outside. Guard? Like what? I have a gun and can be all, Hark, who goes there? I mean, seriously, right? What happened then? Did you see Mr. Norton or Miss Adler? Oh, yeah. They came out at about ten minutes after that, spoke a few words to each other, I couldn't hear what, and then took off separately. That's when Sherlock came out. Madison! Madison! Have they left? Yeah, and they took separate cabs again, so I assume they're going to the same place. Splendid. Then come on, we can return to Baker Street. Dude, what about a cab? Can't we get a cab? Of course we shall. Do you see a handsome? I'm not sure. I really don't know your type. There's one. Oh, okay. So you like them, what, gray and speckled? Where to, Governor? 221B Baker Street. So what happened in the church? They were married. Seriously? Of course I'm serious. Why would I not be serious? I have no response to that. The marriage accounts for their wild dash to the church. The ceremony would have been illegal if performed afternoon. Illegal? Why? It's the law. That's stupid. It makes no sense. Indeed. It's the law. Okay, I'm totally mixed up on this whole thing. I thought Irene was blackmailing the king guy over the photo because she was mad he dumped her and didn't want any other woman to have him. But now she's run off and gotten married to some other dude? What's up with that? In this case, the woman's modus operandi is not transparent, but our task at hand is simple and unrelated. We must acquire the photograph. Come along, Madison. I think the time is right for us to come to a closer grips with the lady. Can we get something to eat first? I think I'm feeling a little buzzed from that Guinness. Dude, Mrs. Hudson makes a mean minced pie. I'm deadly serious. While you finish up, I shall proceed with applying the makeup for my new disguise. Makeup? Dude, I have a makeup blog! I was also supposed to have a makeup podcast, but, well, here we are. Come on, you gotta let me help you. I suppose you may. I I was planning on donning the appearance of an amiable, simple-minded, nonconformist clergyman. Uh Uh-huh. I'm thinking softening the sharp cheekbones and maybe going with a rose-based foundation. I must look welcoming so that I may be granted admittance by the woman into her home. Not a problem. Now, what am I going as? Madison, you will remain out front. Is that all Dr. Watson does is stand around outside while you go inside and do stuff? Like a dog tied to a bike rack while its owner goes in the grocery store? You have a vital role to play outside the premises. Yeah? How vital? My entire plan hinges upon it. Okay, so what am I supposed to do? As soon as I am able to, I shall open one of the windows. You will be watching from the outside. When I raise my hand, you will throw an object that I shall give you through the window and at the same time cry, Fire! You follow me? What am I going to throw? A Molotov cocktail? Are we burning her house down? Certainly not. Our intention is to create the illusion her home is ablaze. You will throw an ordinary plumber's smoke rocket. Okay, I don't know what that is, but it sounds dirty. Plumbers use it to test their pipes. 
Still sounds dirty. That notwithstanding, as soon as I've donned my clerical attire, let us be on our way. There's no time to be lost. I still need a disguise. Why don't you attempt to disguise yourself as someone who is helpful? Ooh, Scorch. Burn on Madison. You sure she's supposed to be home by 6.30? That's what she indicated at the church. How are you going to find the photo in her house anyway? It could literally be anywhere in there. During the time I was waiting for you to finally arrive this morning... Thank you for not dwelling on that. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd gotten word from the king that he'd forgotten to mention that the photo was actually quite large and framed. She framed the blackmail photo? Precisely. Okay, but didn't the king's guys already try to steal it, but, like, they couldn't find it? They didn't know how to look. Here comes the carriage now. Madison, get yourself out of sight. Wait, there's a couple nasty-looking dudes walking up to her carriage. Conceal yourself. Close haste. Blimey, Patrick. Here comes the Duchess of Tiddlywinks. Yeah, Artie. Let's put out the carpet. She might get her tootsies wet. (laughs) Please, please let me through. I live here. Well, ain't that nice. We'll all come in and have a cup of cocoa. Those guys are harassing her. We gotta do something. Madison, wait. No, screw you, Sherlock. Too many people stand by and watch when a woman is being threatened or attacked. Jeez, what kind of detective are you? Come back. Get out of the way. Let her through. Mind your own business. Eh, keep your nose out of it. Make me. Please, don't fight about it. Don't worry, girl. I got your back. Stop molesting the lady. Oh, now he shows up. How would you like a biff on the nose, Mr. Clergyman? Just because your collar's turned the wrong way round, you can't spoil our fun. Of course he can spoil your fun. He's from the church. That's what they do. Madison, please, this is getting dangerous. No shit, Sherlock. You ass foot, Parson. You almost hit him, you douche nozzle. Well, stop that, Alfie. You're hitting a woman. No, I'm not. She's hitting me. Madison, restrain yourself. It is not okay to treat women like objects. Madison. Ow! She hit the clergyman. Let's get out of here. You elbowed him in the nose. Clergyman, are you badly hurt? Oh, crap. He's bleeding all over. I'll have my manservant bring him inside. Robert, come out here. Quickly. Dude, Sherlock, I am so sorry. Just get to the window and wait for my signal. OMG, this reminds me of the time when I was... No time for your anecdotal retellings of your past escapades. Just go! Again, so sorry. Here, Robert. Bring him inside at once. You actually hit Sherlock Holmes and left him bleeding in the street? Hey, I felt bad about it. But looking back, he shouldn't have gotten into the middle of that fight. It really was his own fault. What happened to Holmes' plan? The window and the smoke rocket. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting to that. Come on, Sherlock, give me the signal. Oh, jeez. What if he has a concussion or something? What if he's laying in there unconscious? <gasps> what if I killed freaking Sherlock Holmes? There he is! There's a signal. Huh, that's kind of far for me to throw. I should have warmed up first. I don't know what that's going to do to my rotator cuff. Well, now he's waving like a deranged paparazzi trying to get J-Lo's attention. Yeah, yeah, I see you. All right, here goes nothing. Ah! Fire! Fire! Madison! Where the hell did you just come from? The rouse worked. She showed me the photograph. Wait a minute, your nose. You're not bleeding. There's no mystery, my dear. Although you nearly foiled my plan before it began. 
What? It were my accomplices who started the row in the street. You might have recognized Artie and Patrick as the cabbies we hired earlier this afternoon. That was all part of your plan? Indeed, I had a little moist red paint in my hand. Alfie was to pretend to strike me, and then I would clap my hand to my head and fall down. It's an old trick, but then you actually struck me. Albeit merely a graze, and I simply played up the theatrics of the moment to keep my plan on track. Why the hell didn't you tell me that was part of the plan? As you may recall, I'd asked you multiple times to conceal yourself from the activity. Still... And I certainly wasn't expecting you to participate in the brawl yourself. Yeah, well, you clearly don't know me. At any rate, your genuine reaction to the fight helped to convince the woman of my injury. You're welcome. Come with me, Madison. We must see the king at once. But you didn't get the picture. That's why I had you throw the smoke rocket and shout fire. When a woman thinks her house is on fire, her instinct is to rush for the one thing that she values most. In this case, of course, it was the photograph. So why didn't you just grab it? It would have been far too suspicious after the row. Come with me. I've instructed Artie to wait with his cab around the corner for us. And I do believe you owe him an apology. I did kind of mess him up, didn't I? But I think you owe him an apology, too, for not letting me in on this whole plan. He certainly deserves more than the half-sovereign I promised him. Yeah, at least give him a whole dollar. I am all impatience. You are certain the photograph will still be there, Mr. Holmes? I have every reason to believe so, Your Majesty. I still think he should just come clean to the princess. Never a good idea to start a marriage off on a bed of lies. You would have your future husband openly tell you about all of his bachelor escapades? I won't have to. That's what social media is for. I must confess, this is going to be something of an ordeal. Then I suggest that you let me do the talking, Your Majesty. I think I know how to handle the lady. Handle the la- The last guy who said he could handle me ended up in a ball on the floor of the walk-in freezer with a bag of frozen onion rings on his crotch. Mr. Sherlock Holmes, I believe. Yes, I am Mr. Holmes, but how did you know? Me mistress told me you would be likely to call. She's left for the continent with her husband. Which continent? She means she's left England. Never to return. Since the photograph. Do come in. She said you'd be looking for something. I hope you find it. I do know where to find it. Come with me. This was the bell rope. Sliding panel behind it. Ah, here it is. That is so cool. Way better place to hide your stash than in the toilet tank. Is the photograph there, Mr. Holmes? There is a photograph, Your Majesty, but it's a photograph of the lady alone. Here's a letter, and it's addressed to me. My dear Mr. Sherlock Holmes, you really did it very well. Until after the fire alarm, I had no suspicion, but then when I realized how I had betrayed myself, I began to think. I had been warned that if the king employed an agent, he would certainly employ you. May I congratulate you on your disguise as a dear old clergyman. Hmm. Oh, snap! She totes figured you out! Tell me again, Sherlock, how good you are at handling women. Yeah, yeah, go on. What else does it say? 
As to the photograph of the king and myself, his majesty may be rest assured that I will take no further action. I love and am loved by a better man than he. I leave another photograph, however, that he might care to possess. Very truly yours, Irene Norton, Nee Adler. Fierce! Definitely top-ranking breakup letter of all time. What a woman, Madison. What a magnificent woman. She fooled me completely. Too bad she's already married. But I, uh, I, I'm sorry, Your Majesty. I, I've been unable to bring your business to a more successful conclusion. On the contrary, my dear sir, nothing could be more successful. I know that Irene's word is inviolate. I am immensely indebted to you. Pray tell me, in what way I can reward you? Money. Lots of money. Uh, this, this sparrow ring that I wear, I should be proud to. Let me see that. That a real emerald? It's ginormous. Your Majesty has something that I should value even more highly. Right, yeah. Why stop with one lousy ring? You have but to name it. This photograph. Okay, sure. Let him throw the photograph in, too. That is all I desire. Really? Great. Um, I'll take the ring and how much cash you got on you? Give him back the ring, Madison. What? You said we'd be handsomely rewarded. This photo is something I shall treasure all my life. It will remind me that I was once tricked by a woman. Fabulous. What do you want to keep from me to remind you that you were once punched in the nose by a woman? Well, Madison, what a woman that Miss Adler was. That's the kind of woman I could really go for. She was intelligent, rich, and beautiful. That's really your takeaway from this whole story? The kind of woman you want sitting next to you in front of a cozy fire on a nippy fall night. She was blackmailing the king, remember? Nearly broke up his marriage to the princess. What a woman. Okay, time for you to go. Um, wait a moment. Before we go, Dr. Watson usually gives us a hint about next week's story. Here's a hint. The story is about a bunch of men who think they're brilliant and are absolutely shocked to learn women have brains in their heads. I call it Sherlock Holmes and the Mystery of the Male Ego. This Sherlock Holmes adventure was adapted from the original radio show, which was adapted from the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle story, A Scandal in Bohemia. A little glimpse into women's rights of the era... The series began in 1939, written exclusively by Edith Miser, who left the show in 1943 due to disagreements with the sponsor over the amount of violence in the series. Consequently, this episode was written by the male writing team who took over for her. Before the announcer dude reads the credits, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you left a review. And hey, Tell me which are your favorite old-time radio shows, and I'll use your suggestions for future episodes. Madison on the Air is listener-supported. For just $3, you can buy me a mocha latte through ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com forward slash M-O-T-A. And for more information about the show and the cast, visit our website at madisonontheair.com. Thanks! Madison on the Air was written and produced by Chrissy Talon Sage, with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The role of Madison Standish was played by Chrissy Talon Sage. Albert Garnica appeared as Sherlock Holmes. Other actors in the cast were Aaron Stahl as the King, Alexandra Bartley as Irene Adler, 
Jeremy Sage as Alfie, Henry Graham Murray as Patrick, Tom O'Connor as the bartender, and Steppy Kamei as the maid. I've been your announcer, David Pinion. Hiya, kids. This is Stinky the Elf, coming to you from the North Pole. You know, Santa Claus's workshop, right? Well, I've been asked to convey a special message to you that my boss, Santa Claus, that's right, the jolly old fat guy in the red suit, wants to hear from all the little boys and girls out there. Here's an opportunity to tell him your Christmas list and any other special holiday message you got. And on Fridays, starting the day after Thanksgiving, my boss will read your message out loud on a new podcast called Santa's Inbox, exclusively on the Mutual Network. He'll mention your first name only, plus the town you're from, and then read your email out loud so everybody can hear it. Ain't that exciting? Yeah, Sandy told me that he used to read letters from kids on the radio back in the day, but I told him, I'm only 300 years old. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> okay, what else? Oh, yeah, this offer is open to anybody. Kids, grown-ups, the young at heart, anybody who wants to send a special message or a dedication to anybody else. So anyways, start sending Santa Claus your emails now to santas.xmas.inbox at gmail.com. That's S-A-N-T-A-S dot X-M-A-S dot I-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. Kids, please ask your folks to send your email for you.